When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I personally think that Josh Sargent should be the number nine. My biggest concern is that Mexico does tend to make those little mistakes defensively. But it's the inconsistencies. With the well, isn't this inconsistent, though? He's going to well, be on the ground for the majority the, of the time. No, look back at the highlight. That, no, that, if that's you that's have the Christian Pulisic treatment, though. Same. We're going to have to stop this. We're going to start arguing on this podcast, aren't we? Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Real Football Show. As always, I'm Lizzie. I'm the U.S. editor over at 90 Min covering North American football from NWSL to Liga MX and MLS. Here with me is co-host Gino Ganello. How are you doing? Doing well. Unfortunately, the World Cup's over and we have to go back to club football. And that just means absolute misery for me. But we get to talk about an unbelievable sporting event that took place yesterday. And how could you be upset about that? It was, it was amazing. It really was. Yes. So we're going to be doing a little postmortem world cup beyond just discussing the final, which obviously was phenomenal. And we have many thoughts about, we're going to be diving into most underrated moment, um, most surprising nation, talent, player, um, and then heading into the negatives the disappointing aspect of the World Cup, and then looking forward to 2026 when the U.S., Canada, and Mexico host the World Cup in almost, what is it now, three and a half years. Three and a half, yeah. Good to be back in the summer, so, you know. Yeah, back to it. So let's dive right in. Um, Messi and Argentina won the World Cup yesterday to beat France. What did you think? Oh, it was it was much more of an emotional roller coaster than I expected to go on because obviously we are not we we do not have any real connections to either Argentina or not. France. Um, obviously, you know, um, a big Lionel Messi fan, so I wanted to see Messi win. Um, you know, I wanted to see him, you know, kind of solidify his his. Dominance. legacy as the, the 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 greatest of all time uh and i think this was yeah like i said i think on previous podcasts i don't know if he needed it but i think this basically solidifies that and it was just i mean possibly the greatest sporting event i've seen in my entire life so i don't think it needs any other advertising other than that how about you what, what was your thoughts on it yeah, i mean honestly it took a while to heat up. I think had it not been for yeah. Mbappe, it would have been an otherwise uneventful final, though much more enjoyable for Argentina fans. I will give it to them. But 
once it got to the 80th minute mark that um, France got the penalty called on them and then a minute and a half later Mbappé scored the most wonderful goal it was absolutely incredible extraordinary as you said I think one of if not the best final that I've seen at the World Cup it was truly unreal and especially as a neutral yeah as you said I don't think I there was um, expecting to be that invested obviously you have some ties because it's the world cup and it's football and you have to get emotional but yeah i didn't expect to suffer as much as i did um and then for it to be decided on penalties i think added a whole different layer layer of chaos which was again wonderful for us not so much for french and argentinian fans i we have another um we have a teammate who is from France. His name is Quentin Gesp. You can follow him on Twitter. His coverage of the night was truly phenomenal and my favorite. Um, you can just see his Instagram stories. It was, I love football. I hit football. I love football again. <laughs> now I'm crying. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, made me laugh above everything. But yeah, Messi deserves it. As you said, don't think he really needed it. But I think it's a weight off his shoulder to be vindicated internationally as he had been with his club career. And there's truly nothing left for him to win. So, yeah, I mean, I think also, right. It's like you watch the game and he gets the penalty kick and you're just like, I hope he makes the penalty kick. All I care about is he makes the penalty kick. He doesn't need to miss this penalty kick. That's just another thing that's going to be on his shoulders, whatever the whole thing. Then he contributes to the second goal, which, um, was just, I mean, one of the best. Like, people will not recognize how good his pass was to break open that play, but the one touch with the outside of his foot to kind of put it right in the path of the Argentinian player who, I can't remember who it was, who took it down the field there. I mean, that was unbelievable skill. Um, And then when he steps up to take the penalty kick in the final, or in in the, the first penalty kick of, uh, the penalty kick shootout, you're just like, I want him to make this penalty so he doesn't have to, you know, this is just not another thing they can hold against him, whatever, and he makes it. And I think at that point, I was very much like, okay, well, he's done all he can do at this point. I mean, there was nothing else Lionel Messi could have done at that point that could have won or lost. You know, it, there's nothing else he could have done. He literally did it all. Um, and so, and of course, you know, you can't forget the, the third goal that he ends up putting in just being right there at the doorstep, you know? So I think yeah. overall he was there and, and did what he needed to do win or lose to solidify himself and, and not leave anything up to the imagination, but obviously getting the victory and having this iconic photo now for the rest of his life and, and in the museum of iconic photos from world cups, is uh, obviously an unbelievable added bonus for himself, I'm sure. Obviously, Argentina and the Argentinian fans and and just for football in general. Yeah, and I I do want to point out, I think Argentina kept growing as the tournament progressed. And I was one of the first, in one of the first episodes, I said they suffered um, every victory. They lost against Saudi Arabia. Obviously, they beat Mexico. But it it wasn't a stellar performance throughout, but you don't need that. You don't need beautiful football to be played. But at the same time, I would like, I think we should point out that Argentina for the first 80 minutes of this game was very, yes, very much in control of the game. Very much. I mean, 
they shut down Kylian Mbappe. Like he did not get anything. He had one shot over the bar before that penalty kick and before he really started to get into the game. Um, and they dominated. I mean, the game plan was phenomenal yeah, from well, Argentina. And that's why I said, I think we saw a different team from the group stage all the way up yeah. to the final. And with each round, they grew in strength, both on the field, off the field. And the emotion obviously played a huge role in their on-the-pitch action. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that final, the first 80 minutes, obviously with Mbappe, you only need apparently three minutes yes. to equalize a match. But yeah, credit to them. And as a whole, not only Messi, we saw it. Enzo give a phenomenal um, game. We saw Diego Martinez, obviously, he won the Golden Glove, stand out in penalties. So, overall, and, great job. And and people will not remember this as much as they should, but Emiliano Martinez won the game for Argentina before penalty kicks. If he doesn't make yeah, the save, save at the end of the game, game, that France wins the World Cup. And people will not remember that as much as they should. They'll remember the messy moments. They'll remember the penalty kick shootout. But that is probably one of the most important saves yeah, of his in, life. in his life. And, and yeah. one of the most important saves, you know, in World, in World Cup. I mean, history compared. I mean. Yeah, in finals. He, um, he was clean on goal. There was, there was if them. he doesn't make the save, it's going in. <laughs> credit to them. Um, I saw a variety of emotional videos just from fans, the players, yeah. absolutely everyone. It was a great victory. It was a great final. Yes, some could argue um, the greatest World Cup final ever. Yes. Obviously, it's up there with the chaos. And I mean, could- I had friends who don't watch soccer who were watching this game and said it was a top three sporting moment that they've watched in their life. That's, un- I mean, that's, that's unreal. I think that speaks for itself, right? Yeah. For For people who don't watch soccer and who don't watch this sport as passionately and as as much as we do to say that and who have watched other sports and have not invested as much as we do into this sport to say that I think that says something and they were very much into it as much as I was and the the, you know it it was it's crazy to see just you know people like it makes me very happy here in America to see things like that because yeah it shows that the sport does have still a lot of room to grow and, and people can still get interested in it. And, and, you know, it is the greatest sport in the world. Like we truly believe. So it was, uh, it was awesome. I'm very happy for the Argentinian fans. Uh, the 1 million people that were in the square there was unbelievable to see. Um, just, just truly crazy. And you know what the wild thing is feel like every single historical thing that we saw this tournament was the first time since 1986. I feel yeah. like that number came up so much this tournament. It was from, definitely very relevant. I, and I can't, uh, on the top, off the top of my head, I can't remember them all, but obviously distinctly we remember Canada making their first World Cup appearance since 1986. Obviously this is the first World Cup since 1986 that Argentina's won, and there were multiple other occasions yeah. where we saw this, and uh, I, I think that was, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, coincidental. Um, fate. Yeah, we love that. We love fate. Definitely incredible. As you said, with growing the sport, it is unfortunate, I think, in the United States that the World Cup is in December and can't be then a transition into Major League Soccer because, as we know, it kicks off on February 25th. So still a little while. 
maybe pause. Maybe some people will tune in. Maybe not. But well, we need to point that. out, too, uh, that we can't discredit how good the MLS Cup final was either. You know, I mean, no, we cannot. It, but it, I don't think that was the same audience. No, it wasn't the same audience. But I think to have the MLS Cup final and the World Cup final be that good <laughs> in a matter of months <laughs> was a lot of fun for soccer fans. And honestly, that was, it was really cool. It was great to have for us here. <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely amazing. Let's dive now right into, let's start with the positives. Um, I guess the first topic is best overall moment for you. Oh. I mean, it's hard, right? Say the final. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. So you can't, you can't say, you can't. not say the final because, I mean, but obviously I think that's the biggest moment for everyone in this tournament was just being able to see Lionel Messi win the, the World right, Cup. But you can't say that. But you can't say that. No. Um, I'm thinking back I'm now. I think the best moment. Oh gosh, I feel like it's it's got to be one of you know what? No. Okay, no. It was the best moment for me personally, and this is going to be a moment that may not be shared widely shared. Yes. <laughs> okay. Widely shared. Do tell. But when Costa Rica scored the goal to go up 2-1 on Germany and they were going oh, through, that was possibly my favorite moment of Those the entire two tournament. Minutes. Purely from a fan, neutral fan perspective, watching the sport and watching the chaos unfold. Those two minutes were wildly unbelievable. Yeah. So that's what I I'm going to pick. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I agree. I love that. Um, for me... Honestly, this might sound salty and I'm sorry, but um, it had to be during the England-France game, which I want to point out as a whole was phenomenal. The quarterfinals were phenomenal. Um, You could make the quarterfinals the moment of the tournament. I mean, every single one of Yeah, and I would argue that. But if I'm pinpointing one minute, I would say when Kane missed the penalty and I saw Mbappé just laugh. And I – but I'm seeing it from a positive perspective. I have – not sure no i have not seen a player enjoy the game so much as kylian mbappé does on the field the pure joy and just i don't know it was i i mean i'm sure england fans don't agree with me there but i don't know i just saw the pure joy and i enjoyed it with him you know i'm I love it. It was fun. It was football is fun. Yes. No. Yeah. yeah, It is. It is. And Mbappe. I mean, Mbappe just makes it even more fun, right? And you know, I think it's supposed to be fun. Like, let's leave it there. Yeah. No. It was. It was great. We also got um another comment that the best moment was uh, he hugging his mom, which was was a great moment as well. So I mean, I think you know it was just. I mean, there's so many, right? There's so many you can pick. You know, Japan's the keeping that ball in to go up two one over. Oh, that was. Um, oh, I should have added like a most controversial. You know what? We're at, we'll dive right into that in um, the negatives, but most surprising nation. Things. Well, su- well yeah, I, I think the easy answer is obviously going to be Morocco, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's that's the easy answer. First Arab nation to reach a or first non-European or South American nation to reach a semifinal since, uh, but they're the first non-European or South American to reach semifinal since South Korea in 2002, I think. And it was the first African nation to make. And the first African nation ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, that's the obvious. It's the most surprising. Yeah. But I want to make an argument for Japan. Yep. For sure. I think I, I I mean, 
I thought they were going to beat Japan, beat Croatia. So who knows how far they would have went if they beat Croatia. Yes. I also want to make the case for Croatia because they were once again, another surprise. And I want to point out that they really should stop falling under the surprising category. Yeah. Um, I believe, and my memory may be failing me, but um, they've only qualified to the World Cup like six or seven times in their history. And it's like, they always end up doing well. And they are coming up from being runner-ups to third place. And people still manage to underestimate them and underrate them and manage uh, dark horse energy. Kind of like when they people categorize Belgium as dark horse energy. Like, no. but yeah, and, and Japan, I think... When you look at Japan, I think um, it's easy to see how, why they're so good. Like, I feel like they're Japan very organized. Japan is so good. Yeah. yeah, no, I was saying Croatia, but no, Japan oh, is Oh, sorry, also sorry. I thought you were saying Japan. Sorry. No, 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 Croatia. But um, just like making the case that Croatia just not, should never be um, categorized as yeah. anything or underrated anymore. But no, Japan, definitely. I think they're well-organized or well-coached. Um, I think as a nation, they're very um, – they have – distinguishing cat like characteristics yeah. on and off the field that makes for a strong bonded group and we've seen groups are often not bonded or strong at the world cup and if you're wondering who i'm referring to check back into our last episode where we talked about the toxic locker room environment that the u.s men's national team boasted in qatar that's my plug for the day I would see it, but I mean, there's nothing to be upset about with their performance. I just, you know, I just. No, no, no. I'm just saying that with Japan in particular, you see such a bond and identifying group. And you can see that on and off the field. I think there's no question about their style, how they play, who they are. Um, But yeah, so that was one of the most surprising nations. For sure. For For sure. They did phenomenal in that group of death. I I just loved watching them play. The way they were able to press the way they were able to stay organized. I mean, and again, I think when they played the U S back in September, a lot of people were like, how are we not beating Japan? Go watch Japan play against Germany and Spain and Costa, you know, against these teams against Croatia. Um, and and then, you know, you'll have a pretty good idea. You'll have a pretty good idea (laughs) of how we lost. Of course. Um, standout talent. Um, standout talent would have to be, and this is going to be like someone who wasn't expected to stand out and then did define it any way you choose. I mean, I think the, the player who made the name for himself the most, and I'm going to go back to this Moroccan national team was Amara. Oh my God. I had that written down too. Yes. So I, and I can't pronounce his name. I can't pronounce his name correctly because I'm, I'm not very good at that. Um, but I think he made a name for himself the most. He, is going to earn himself a big move from this tournament. He was phenomenal. He was like really centrally involved in everything that Morocco did. And um, I yeah, think he was probably more of a defensive midfielder, truly. Yes. And, and um, we got another comment here that I think is one to, to point out here. Cause we have the same one of, of uh, the, who the most, uh, the standout I, talent was, yeah. but, and this is the player who missed the, uh, who, who missed that kick at the end, but he was very good for France coming on yesterday, especially yeah. uh, he plays for Frankfurt right now, but I believe he's going to be a, a big name to watch out for as, as, um, as, as time goes on. And also Moroccan goalkeeper Bono. Bono. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and the Croatian goalkeeper played really well too. Yeah. But it's just a position that many people don't give attention to unless it's a penalty sure. shootout. Um, which he so did, 
he did perform in a penalty shootout. Didn't yeah, give him a goal. He, yeah, he did well. Um, goalkeepers are often blamed and yeah. not given enough credit or expectations, if you will. But no, he delivered. He was a great personality. Um, he did phenomenal on the field. And yeah, Morocco did with Amrad, Hakimi, and Bono just truly paved the way for African nations at the World Cup. So Yeah, I mean, you could name a bunch of them, right? I mean, uh, yeah. Vardial made a name for himself awesome. in that Croatian defense. Um, Enzo Fernandez played really well. Alexis McAllister played really well in the middle of yeah. that Argentinian team. So there was a lot of players in this tournament because I think what ended up happening was a lot of these big-name players and big-name teams just didn't perform well at this tournament. Yeah. Um, so... You got to see a lot of these younger or up and coming or um, talented players who we haven't seen on the big stages before. So that was, I mean, but that is the magic of the world cup. The beauty. Exactly. Because if you have champions league, then it's obviously the best teams. Europa league is another case, or you'll have um, North American players. The world cup is truly the perfect stage for young talent to showcase their abilities against and among the best and brightest. So, and that is often why the following transfer um, window is chaotic in its best, which uh, for 90 minutes for all those updates. Yes. Graham Bailey, Scott, we all have them. So check back into our website for that. Yeah. I mean, and also the January window is already expensive, expected to be even more expensive. Oh, it's going to be chaos. Because of the world cup happening right beforehand, you're going to get guys going, going all over the place. I think you're going to, you're going to get some, some pretty, some moves that'll work out and some moves that won't work out. I think the one that stands out to me is, um, Oh, Musa Sissoko played really, really well. in what was it? The euros. And then got a move right after big move. And he didn't exactly pan out to be what everybody thought he was going to be. And so it's hit or miss a lot of time with these guys. So, but exciting um, nonetheless, it is exciting though. It is exciting. And an underrated player. Underrated player who didn't get enough recognition at the tournament? Yes. Oh, God. Um, can you go first on this one? I, I got to think about this one some more. <laughs> um, I can. For me, it was Griezmann. Um, okay. I think he gave a phenomenal performance in the midfield constantly. I think a lot of people thought his time was over. His prime had passed because of obviously the trajectory of his club career though. Yep. He obviously showed that that wasn't the case. He stood up and he performed for France, obviously contributing all the way up to the final. So for me, he's a player um, that needs more attention. And obviously he's overshadowed by some of the grades on his team. And as it was both international and club, but he deserves recognition. He does very well. For sure. I mean, I'll go with maybe someone who probably is, is maybe he's getting enough recognition, but I'll, I'm going to go a little biased and go with the U.S. men's national team player. Oh. I, like, I love the U.S. Eunice Musa tournament that Eunice Musa had. I think he played really okay. well for a majority of the tournament. I don't know if he's getting, he's considered underrated because I think he's getting a lot of credit now, but um, I love that. And off the top of my head, that's, that's the first one I could think of. Or, um, okay. yeah, I think that's it. Cause I feel, I don't know, like underrated so hard, right? Cause it's a player who, isn't getting enough credit, but I feel like a lot of these younger players, like even if you look at Netherlands, like Cody Gakpo obviously played really well, but you know, he's he's not underrated. You know, people are are talking about him. So um, that's what I'll go with for now. If I change my mind before this is over, I'll let you know. (laughs) Thanks so much. Love that. Um, Transitioning over to negative. Now we're going to go with most disappointing nation. 
Uh, most disappointed nation. Yeah. Oh, also, I, I'm changing my mind already. Wow, oh, okay. This is oh, awesome. Well, I'm going to yeah. go with Morata because he scored a decent amount of goals in this tournament. He never gets any recognition because okay. people think he's like not great. But I think he actually – I know Spain didn't end up going far, but I mean, he, he was a large part of that offense and does not get enough credit at the club level. So I'm going to go with him. That's going to be my move. Oh, well, that's an upgrade from Yunus Musa. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's nice. Fair. Yeah, okay. Um, so most disappointing team? Yep. Belgium. Easy. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, you cannot go into the tournament. I mean, they're the most disappointing team for the last four Right, but then that doesn't mean most disappointing because you knew they were going to disappoint. I don't know. I just think because of their... Like, they were in a group with Canada and... Oh, no, Morocco came out of the group, right? They were that mm-hmm. Morocco was in the same group? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I just think it's, you come into the tournament and maybe maybe Brazil, but that would be like may, just because of Brazil's <laughs> expected to be like literally everybody in the world had them going to the final. But I don't know. Belgium not I getting out of the group stage. With these questions. Belgium getting out of the group stage, not getting out of the group stage, even with the team that they had, which was aging, but should okay. have been able to take care of business against um, okay. their opponents. I, I'm going to go with them. All right. For me, as a fan, I'm going to say Mexico, obviously. Um, disappointing not to get out of the group stage. Um, that was just unacceptable. See, I could have said that, but I didn't. That And that was so nice of you. That's Thank what you. I'll say. It. I would like credit for that. <laughs> uh, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Thank you for that. That's very sweet. Um, it must be the holiday season. Yes. Mm. So, yeah, as a fan, Mexico, but I think overall Spain. Um, okay. I truly expected more. I think after the 7-0 against Costa Rica, we expected a dominance. And I think the talent was there. Luis Enrique boasted a specific style. Whether, obviously, we know it didn't work. But, yeah, yeah I don't know. I expected a lot more from Spain that they showed up. They, they just they lacked energy after the group stage. And, obviously, we know they didn't get far. But... I mean, you can't just pass the ball around. You got to put the ball in the back of the net, right? I mean, you can have as but much. They could, but the thing is, they set up such high expectations with that first game that we yeah. knew that they could. And yeah, it wasn't yeah. like Costa Rica was like this super easy opponent because they complicated it for Japan. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it was mixed messages. I don't want to even say they weren't coached well because. Overall, I do like Luis Enrique, and yeah. I do think the team has talent, so underappreciated potential. Untapped Does Germany potential. fall into this group? Um, I don't know, because I don't know. But haven't they been disappointing for the last, like, four years? Like, I think from a German perspective, you're obviously extremely disappointed you didn't make it out of the group. But from an outside neutral perspective, when you look at it... It made sense. I don't think this German team was going to get past the round of 16. Like I no, think, I think their performance made sense. Yeah, yeah. Like it I don't think that they like, were. They're like such a weird team, right? Because they have a bunch of loose yeah. parts that work really well when they're like on their club teams because yeah. they have other players that surround them that fix it. But I, I know, I just, I didn't like. I wasn't expecting Germany to be a contender at this World Cup. Exactly, exactly. I think they they performed as many expected they would. Yeah. Though that in and of itself is disappointing considering a dominance that Germany has had in the past. Yeah. But I think it was a long time coming. And I'll say the same thing with Belgium. I think even Ken de Bruyne knew where they were. So 
Though yeah. I think Lukaku also might be um, a disappointing figure on his own just because of how many he missed. But I mean, he's injured going, you know, for the first two games. So that's obviously unfortunate from the Belgian perspective. But yeah, I mean, I could yeah. put those in. Like yeah. it, they were I, right in front of the net. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to categorize this Brazil as one of the most disappointing nations yeah. just because though more like more was expected they did get hit with injuries Neymar as a whole was like almost beaten up yeah but World at, Cup Pinata, we found him <laughs> um and at the same time though you can this time you can make but. the same injury argument about France and they made it to the final and people talk about Brazil's depth like they talk about France's mm. depth a lot of the time I think at least attacking wise you can't yeah. be bringing on players like right, Anthony like and be like, oh. 16. No, I know. I know. You know? No, yeah, they got to the quarterfinals. They, they did get to the quarterfinals. I, think, I just think they should have beaten Croatia. I don't think they're disappointed. They're the most disappointing team at the World Cup. Right. But I think they were, should but have been Croatia a better team. Croatia was also a good nation. Like that. You know, that's I know, why but I, I, think, think, I think the quarterfinals were phenomenal in that they delivered in every way and they were yeah. good teams at the quarterfinals. Yeah. So, like, I just. I it, think, and the matchups were differently. Like the fact yeah. that we had England and France in a quarterfinal game. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know. That's... That was unre- that could have easily been a semifinal game, um, yeah. or even just like a final if things had gone. For sure, for but, sure. But yeah, I think you had really, really good teams. I also want to give credit to Croatia for defeating Brazil, and yeah. they're also a good nation. So it wasn't disappointing that Brazil lost against Croatia. Yeah, yeah I, I, I more, but. I, I guess my the only thing I would say is I just feel like that Croatian team, like Brazil, should have beaten that Croatia. Like with the talent they have and the expectation, mm. like they should have won that game probably. Um, but Croatia, again, as we've mentioned multiple times, they've been phenomenal. They were phenomenal throughout the World Cup in staying organized, having a game plan, and sticking that game plan, and and that's really what won them the game. Yeah, Luka Modric, so good, so good, um, so good. Most disappointing player. So I was going to go with someone, but I actually, this is, I guess my Germany question kind of segues into this. I think the most disappointing player was based on the hype that he was getting coming into the World Cup from his club team was Jamal Musiala. Okay. Because I feel like a lot of people were like, wow, this kid is the next best thing. He is unbelievable. He's doing all these crazy things at Bayern. And I didn't feel like he had that much of an impact on this tournament. And I feel like that was, um, I feel like that's, that's why I have him as my biggest disappointment of the tournament. Okay. I mean, from a CONCACAF perspective, I think the biggest disappointments for me were Chucky Lozano. I think we expected him to carry the Mexican side in a way that he just didn't. We expected some sort of leadership that was never presented. Yeah. It was disappointing not to see him score a goal or have a moment like he did in 2018 against Germany. So just didn't show up. And the fact that our best moment really was Luis Chavez's free kick. And I don't want to underestimate that. I think that in and of itself was phenomenal. I think we could have had more moments like that, but we didn't. And then additionally, and I'm so sorry because you've been so kind, but I do want to point (laughs) out that Christian Pulisic was disappointing given as you said and set up the rules for this question given the hype that he received okay i think it was a disappointing experience and 
That's why I would. My counter argument to this before you continue, my counter argument to this would be compared to Musiala, who did not contribute like really at all. Like Pulisic basically had all of our goals and assists. Okay, but you had one goal in the group stage. Two goals. Okay, yeah. But But what I'm saying, I guess what I'm saying is more like, like, I mean, yes, he was a disappointment. I I think he could have played better, but like. From a CONCACAF perspective, I mean, like not as an overall, I have a different player. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, that's fair. That's fair. From a CONCACAF perspective. And this is, I think. I can't pick another U.S. men's national team player who I would say was the most, more disappointing. So. I, I would agree with you that if you Just were picking a U.S. player, expectations though, and that's why I think things don't coincide. I don't think he deserves the expectations he's given. I don't think he should carry the U.S. men's national team on his shoulders. Yet he's presented as the poster boy for success of the American yeah. team. That's why I think things are unfair. This is why I think he'll never live up to them because I don't think he has that type of talent or is that kind of transcendental player on the field. I think the problem for and the reason that this happened though is because when Christian Pulisic came on the scene, he was the best player we've ever seen in an American jersey. Yeah, but that's not and the case anymore. The, no, it, it does, and it does. He didn't have to be that. I think right. it just it, there was a very low bar set for best player we've ever seen in American history, and it was very easy for Pulisic to stop that because or top that because he has the talent to do so. But um, but at the same time. Like now, if we look at all the players, like Christian Pulisic and Gio Reyna, I would I would argue will be on the same level. Like Gio Reyna will reach Christian Pulisic's potential or what he where he's at. I think at right he'll now. transcend it immensely. Yeah, like, so I there, think he'll be widely. Well, again, if if Greg Berhalter doesn't stay on the scene, that's yes, a different yeah. conversation. But as a whole, I do think it's unfair for him to be judged the way that he is. And again, Just it's only I be- don't think he'll ever reach them. Like, I think, yes, as you said, the bar was so low when he came onto the scene. Yeah. But expectations has, have since risen, like, yeah. monumentally. Are- and he just doesn't go with them. And with that, they think he's a disappointment, as do I. But measuring him against the expectations that U.S. Yeah. national team fans have against him, he'll never reach it. Disappointment. The hype does not correlate. I mean... Again, I, I don't know. He scored goals at the tournament, so that's, I mean, again, he did his, I think he did as much as he could do in the confines of the system that he was put in, but I do agree that I, I my, in, in the sense that of what you're saying with the expectations, it's very hard for him to meet the expectations, and it's a lot easier for players like Eunice Musa or Tyler Adams or Gia Rayner or Tim Weah right. to meet those expectations because they weren't the first on the scene as these top players. Yeah. Christian Pulisic has kind of been the headway for this golden generation. And he was given this title as the best player we've ever seen in American Jersey. He makes yeah. an immediate transfer to Chelsea. He does well at Chelsea for a period of time and, and immediately gets a lot of that pressure. And I understand where you're coming from from that because it's, I think we have set an extremely high bar and on a CONCACAF ex- expectations level, I can understand where you're coming from with that. I just think, you know, when, and again, like you said, you don't, this is not the player you have for the tournament, but no, overall, I, I think overall, there's worse. I don't know what else he could have done. I, I, I don't know how else he personally, as the yeah. player without with taking the expectations out, I don't know what else he could have. I think really he could have had this. much more of an impact. Like, I, I do think that I think on and off the field, but as a whole, okay. Another, it might, mm, I don't know if it's a hot take and I don't know if it's controversial, but I am going against the winning team. Um, I think Lautaro Martinez was a disappointment for me 
For sure. Not that he doesn't play well or, you know, but the hype, the transfer saga, and then have him lose his place in that starting 11 was for me just a huge tell. I think he could have done so much more and he could have been so much more. We've seen him, his potential. We've seen him play um, for his club. So yeah. I think for me, the overall, and I, he missed like three sitters yesterday, like exactly. three goals he should have put in the back of the net. Like Argentina should have been was offside, which would have been extremely yeah. anticlimactic. But, um, but yes, I think it was completely disappointing to yeah. see him fall the way he did at the World Cup. For so, sure. For again, sure, great yeah. play, like great player. Because he plays so well for his club team, but exactly, I'm not, not hating perform. on him, but just because like then. People will start packing. Do but we I'm have any more? Just disappointing. I would love to go back. I just want to go back to the positives for one second as we're okay. on this Argentinian team. Okay. And we're on Lautaro Martinez. Okay. Julian Alvarez. Yeah. Is, is, did, had a phenomenal tournament. Okay. And so you want to name him as your underrated player? No, I'm cool with Alvaro because I think a lot of people expected Julian Alvarez to become this star, figure. right? To become okay. this figure. He's unfortunately in a position at Man City where he's behind the best striker in the world. Right, yeah, you can't so, blame him for that. Um, you can't blame him for that, but I think he came out and, and really had a standout performance. Like, I don't know if he was above any of the other players that I named, but he does deserve to get some credit because yeah. he was very good for Argentina once he, he switched in for Martinez. Yeah, I unfortunately don't think he'll earn that starting 11 role. Yeah. And I think he might have to move out of Man City, which is, yeah, you know, we saw the same thing shadow. with, you know, Ferran Torres. How many yeah. times, how many games did Ferran Torres play before he moved to Ferran for Man City? So um, I think that'll probably be the end, the, the, the end of this. I think that'll be the case, yeah. but, um, but and I think he made a constant, name for himself. It's a constant situation. There's a place for him on Everton if he wants to come. So <laughs> okay. just letting him know if you're listening I'm to this right now, you know, Julian Alvarez, if you're listening to this right now, there's a place for you at Everton. I think he'd literally I will personally go finance the deal else. with $10 that I have to my name. Lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he'd rather go anywhere else. Um, yes, and heading back into the negatives, your expected disappointment. Okay, so was this player or team? Whatever you want. Whatever I want. Expected disappointment. Pick your poison. I'm trying to think of if this is like. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Because I'm trying to work it out in my mind if I'm going to, you know, just get Trash hate for this or not. Um, for me, Canada, I didn't buy into good, yeah. the extreme hype, the CONCACAF leaders, the we're going to excel and we have a brotherhood behind us. You know, I never really bought that. I think they had a good team. I think they had a good run, but it quickly, quickly ran out at the World Cup. They left without one single victory. They did have a goal, but it was a penalty. So, yeah, I, they were extremely mediocre, as I thought they would be. So a, disappointed we, a disappointment we all expected, except those trying to sell getting first place in the CONCACAF qualifiers as the defining factor. Yeah, um, I think... Well, I think you could say Qatar because oh, they yeah. were the okay. worst host nation in the history of the World Cup. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody didn't expect them to be um, everybody didn't expect them to be good. So, that's, you know, that's the, I mean, they that's kind of an easy one right there. 
And I think, I don't know if you could consider this an expected disappointment because I don't know if they really, they didn't reach the potentials that they have in the past two major tournaments. Okay. But I didn't expect England to get to the. That was your expected disappointment? Like, I, like, that's why I don't know. It's like kind of controversial because I think. I don't they, agree. Wait, they played wait. well, but I don't think that they, I, I expected them not to be as good as they were. And they weren't as good as, you know, and coming into the tournament, they weren't playing okay. well. So I guess okay. like, I, I'm looking at it as like a, I kind of expected them not to make the semifinal, like okay. the last two tournaments. I don't know. But that um, would be before like. Before I dive into that one, we did have a listener that corrected me. And thank you for that. Um, Canada's goal was a Davis header and not a penalty. Yes. I remember he missed the penalty. So thank you for correcting me on that. Very crucial. Now, diving right back into your controversial hot take. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of teams that were like, you know, like I'm trying to not choose like a team that was basically. There's the, a phrase know. in Mexico that I think England so well adopted at this World Cup. It's in Spanish is jugamos como nunca, perdimos como siempre, which means we played like We've never done, and we lost like always. So that's what I think England was against France. I think they had a phenomenal game. I think they played really well. Yeah. Um. Again, the reigning at that point, the reigning World Cup champions, like they really held their own against France, and it was a crucial game of football. I think in any other um, quarterfinal fixture, they would have gone on to the semifinals. Yeah. So I don't think it's a true reflection of the team. Yeah, I think that's they true, did. That's true disappoint in certain moments during the group stage like I don't know against the U.S. I think they easily could have um held a 3-0 victory had they played their cards just a little bit differently but but they didn't do you know they didn't have no they they did not that twice they did not um but I think in any other case it would have made it a little bit further um no that's fair that's a good point that's a good point I I think any of the other quarterfinal teams that they played bar Argentina and Brazil, maybe they would have probably advanced. Yeah. Like I think um, that's fair. They definitely would have. I think it was an unfortunate fixture. I like but... forget some of the teams. That's why it's like so hard for me to think of like, no. And I, this is why I had to do so much research before because my memory yeah. I knew would fail me. Um, like for example, and again, this is, I'm not hating and I'm not taking away credit from the Netherlands for the amazing performance and the constant hard work. But I think, had England and the Netherlands linked up at the quarterfinals, yeah. um, England would have passed and it would have been a whole different situation and story. So is there a player yeah. that you expected to be poor? Like, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a hard one. Cause like there's players that go out there and you're just like, I know they can't get above this level. And they, I'm going to be very honest, especially with Mexico. I think Luis Chavez, I don't think anybody expected him to be the key factor in that starting 11. Like he, yeah consistently performed well yeah and he was not a star figure i'm not saying he wasn't a part a key part of the concaf qualifiers but he wasn't that figure that we were all looking to for that spectacular goal and to so much to the extent that i think we had to see alexis vega subbed out for him to even get that opportunity on that free kick yeah so for me i think that was a player i didn't expect to celebrate as much as I do now or a player I didn't expect so much out of. Um, I'm thinking, yeah, we love Luis Chavez. Um, We're following, we're heavily following his transfer saga right now, but we expect news in a couple days. 
Um, I'll leave it at that. If you want to know more, again, tune in, 90min.com slash US. But in another player, I'm trying to think of other figures that surprised. As you said, I think this World Cup in particular, the young figures got yeah. a platform and recognition. I don't know. I'll be honest. I know Tim Ream's been very good for for... Fulham, but I was expecting him to be worse than he was in the group stages. So maybe okay. that's a little bit of a surprise. I was, I wasn't expecting him to be as, as if I guess alongside the other center backs, I guess I wasn't expecting him to be the solid center back in the U S center back pairing for the group stages, but I think he was. Um, so I mean, that's another If we're not talking about young players, maybe that's a player that I, I think had a good, good tournament um, up until the knockout stages, but <laughs> That's a different story. Yeah. Um, heading into the last category. Okay. Your most mem like your most lasting impact or the lasting impact that this World Cup had on you. Um how are we defining lasting impact? Like is this like a memory that will live with me forever? Um, yeah, if you want to take a, a memory, um, something you learned, a tidbit. Something I learned or a tidbit. A scene, a dance, a celebration, anything. I personally, I think that this doesn't get enough love. Okay. When the African, like I love African nations at the World Cup. Oh, because Senegal they're so much fun. Yeah. Like you miss the like Ghana even, and, and we haven't even talked about any of the Ghana players because they were, I think a lot of the Ghana, uh, you know, Mohamed Kounis will earn himself a nice pay um, yeah. in, in the upcoming transfer window or in the summer, because I think he had a very good tournament um, and it was unfortunate um, kind of the way things played out. I think you can make a, the other thing is uh, speaking of that same group, Uruguay, you could probably make a, a statement for being a disappointment a little bit um, okay, or yeah. some of those players, maybe a disappointment, but um I love what, like, you miss the Nigerias at the tournament, the Ivory Coasts at these tournaments. Yeah. Like, I, we don't watch them when they're not in the, at the, at the World Cup. So I love those. So I think that deserves a shout out. Um, but I don't know. I just think that the memory that will just, everybody will remember this tournament as being Lionel Messi's tournament that he won. I think that it's hard to top. It's hard to top that being your lasting memory from this tournament, because it's just the greatest player of all time. And what was possibly his last world cup ever, because now he's reneged on the whole, I'm playing my last game thing. Um, yeah, that's winning the trophy. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to top that. Yeah. I think for me, it's the chaos. I think everything yeah. about this World Cup was unexpected in its own way. You had, I mean, from a news source, it every day you woke up to a different chaos. There was news coming out of each camp. Different things were going on and unexpected twists and turns. And even on the pitch, you saw um, results that no one could have explained prior. Yeah. Seeing... Again, Japan and Morocco last and Croatia and on the negative end, seeing Mexico end this way. Like the pure chaos of the Qatar 2022 World Cup will definitely be something to remember. And yes, yeah. obviously it was topped with Messi winning the World Cup and obviously shattering 
previous records, which again, play into the chaos. But prior to this World Cup, he hadn't managed um, goals beyond the knockout, the group stage. So now he was like quarterfinals, semifinals, round of 16. Like he he managed one in all of them. So I, yeah, I think he's the only, maybe the second player. He, he, he's That was another historical thing that he did in this tournament was scoring in all four rounds of the knockout stages or all, yeah. or, all five stages of the tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, again. Chaos. And, like yeah. in the best way, but chaos. It's just, it was a very unexpected tournament and you truly couldn't go into each phase expecting something. Maybe yeah. something different would happen. So, yeah, I mean, I think the other thing too, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, we come in this tournament and you look at it and the, the politics around this tournament were surrounding it. Nobody was really focusing on the football. And once the tournament started, man, this is, I mean, up there with some of the best world cups as a whole, we've seen chaotically with just teams being able to compete with other teams that nobody would have expected them to compete with or, and you um, had injuries and injuries. Like, you brought up Senegal. They headed into it without money. Like, yeah. How was, far could they have went? Yeah. And I don't know. I think it was a weird World Cup. Yeah. Historic, monumental, whatever you want to call it in one word. Um, yeah. To me, I think it was just chaotic. The group stage, the, the final round of the group stage is for every single group will be remembered individually for all its individual moments for a very long time. I mean, every single one had chaos and it was, yep. it was so fun. And Messi only missed one penalty this tournament. And it had to be against Mexico. And it was, and- no, yeah. it was against Poland. No, no, but it had to be against Mexico's favor. Yep. <laughs> because that is, well, I mean, I'm that is the main, re- like if he converts the penalty, they if he converted the penalty, Mexico would have made it out of the group stage. And he did not. Oh God! So, yeah, I think that personally Poland was got rude, but like everything by, else was great. Like Poland that was- got trounced by France four-one or whatever it was. Like it wasn't. Yeah, even but close. like still, you know. Yeah, it was. I don't was, know. Was, I don't know. We haven't talked about Australia at all. I mean, that was fun. Australia making it through was yeah, awesome. Were- Maybe I mean, listen, it's the World Cup. We can go on and on and on. Because we could. We could. This, mo- this World Cup had so many great moments. We could talk about this for another hour. I know. And the fun thing about this podcast is usually when we end the broadcast, we stay on and just talk about that for yes, an extra hour. Yes, we do. It's what people don't see. But so for now, we'll leave it as this. We're after the World Cup, obviously, we're going to be transitioning into North American football, which means NWSL, MLS, Liga MX and the new and upcoming Leagues Cup in yes. 2023. So stay tuned for so much. And I have Gino's- a question for you before you leave. Oh, I have a okay. question for you because yes, I I am picking a team in the process, but I have about so I've wa- started watching the the Copa Por Mexico the okay. tournament. Very proud is, of you, Pat. Thank you. Um, I've started watching some of the games. Okay. So obviously, uh, as we've talked about a little bit, Cruz Azul is near the top of my list. Lama King. Yes. I mean, how could you? I mean, the machine. That's their nickname. How could you not choose that? I was watching their game the other day, and they have yes. triple-digit numbers. Is this a common thing yes. in League MX? Yes. So <laughs> usually that's for teams that are, I mean, players that are lower in the rank that you wouldn't gotcha. necessarily see constantly on the field. Obviously, if you see a triple The first number, 100 didn't work? Well, you would. <laughs> it's more of like a seniority thing. Gotcha. Um, you don't. Truly so to get that second digit, you got it. Just to get to down to that those double digits. 
gotcha. you know, because you're not settled in with a number quite yet. And like sometimes those 300s are academy players or under 20 players given opportunities where they haven't gotcha. really okay. settled it yet. But that is, I love that that's what you're focused on. Well, I just thought I'm like, I don't know whether I like this or I hate this, but it's there. But that's I'm what Liga Mekis does to you. And that's what the rules do to you. You don't know if you love them or you hate them, but you truly appreciate them. because Another chaos. question. Okay, yeah, I have a host of them, or I have a, okay, I have a lot lovely. of them. Well, maybe this might be the last one for today, but okay. is there VAR at all in League MX? There is. There's none in this tournament because it's a okay. friendly tournament. Okay. Um, but I there is. I was a little worried. I was a little no, no, worried no, no. Nobody was going to the VAR, and I was like, this is going to be absolute chaos. I can't do this. It still what are we will doing be, here? though. It still will be with or without VAR. But no, this is um, technically an official. Um, friendly tournament where nothing really matters but rules are affected because it falls under the official category because it's um televised and open door gotcha. but and if anybody else has questions we will be doing a liga mx intro episode where gino like a gender reveal does this showing of who he is going to support ahead of the i think i've eliminated a team who but it might, might come back into the fold but Okay. I was watching the Atlas uh, okay, yeah, you're not game the other day. Okay. And the center back from Atlas passed the ball to the other team about 45 times. And okay, yeah. I was like, that. I can't do that. No. Can't do that. No. So sorry, Atlas. This is it for you. I uh, You are mm -hmm. officially eliminated from the running. I also am thinking about eliminating Pumas, but I'm giving, given the fact that they're on, they may not have all their players. Yeah, they do. Um, because I was not impressed. And I kind of am slowly hate, or no, no, was it Pumas? No. It, Pumas, I was a little shaky on, but Tigres might be out too because... Tigres is out. Because I just, I don't know if I can do Gignac's face. I, okay, well, that's me. that's valid. That's definitely it valid. Like, um, they seem like a very... Competitive team. Pretentious team. Does that they, make oh, sense? Yes. They seem yes. like they, like, expect everything and, like... They expect everybody to bow down to them, and I don't like that. So if that's I'm the case with these them, takes. These, as, they are eliminated because I, I, I can't do that. And I honestly – so I watched the full game. I watched about the full game of the Atlas-Pumas game, okay. and then I watched uh, Univision – no, is, is it Univision that has this? I forget. Telemundo has this? No, no, no. Univision. Univision. All right. So mm -hmm. they have the they have the uh, like the 60-minute – short versions in the morning the next day, which I missed a couple of them. So I watched those and just, I, I, I couldn't do the whole, the Gignac was just like really pissing me off the whole entire time. So I didn't it's like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I like their jerseys. They're very clean, but yeah. I had problem with that. So that they might be out to Cruz Azul, despite going down one, nothing showed tremendous defensive fortitude to okay. get back in the game and uh so still at the top okay amazing <laughs> um i i mean i'm not a fan of personally of atlas but i do want to defend them just a little bit because they were back for the first time in 70 years broke their spell they were back-to-back -back champions and after that second tournament um their team was completely picked apart so yeah but i just i can't Alan. do the if no 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 I, I don't blame you to the other and team I don't blame you. 70 times i'm gonna no, throw something so i can't cool. do that i already get it with everton i don't need it with my yeah, league mx team um <laughs> so yeah tune into much more but no we'll be doing a league mx explained episode where we basically go over 
all the rules, regulations, teams, what to expect. Because as we know, Liga Makis kicks off on January 6th, while MLS kicks off on February 25th, giving you a month and a half of more and more North American soccer. So tune back in. We'll explain it all. And yeah, subscribe, whatever, and leave us comments so that we know what to explain because there's a lot to go through. So thank you so much. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.